When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Election College, Episode 244, U.S. Grant, Part 1. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and Ben Smith. There, I just uh, made a big error, Ben, in the introduction of the podcast because I said U.S. Grant Part 1. But actually, if you were to take U.S. Grant and divide his life up into like Part 1 and Part 2, 3, 4, 5, and so on, the first part would be Hiram Ulysses Grant, not U.S. Grant, because that happened later on, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But Hiram Ulysses Grant was born in Point Pleasant, Ohio, in April of 1822. Uh, For those of you who have never been to the bustling metropolis of Point Pleasant, Ohio, (laughs) it's just one county over from the county that Cincinnati, Ohio is in. So it's about a 40-minute drive from Cincinnati right there along the beautiful banks of the Ohio River. And he was born into a Tanner's home. Uh, Jesse Root Grant and his wife, Hannah Simpson Grant, uh, were his parents. And the Grant family had quite an American heritage. His great-grandfather fought in the French and Indian War. And then his grandfather served in the American Revolution on the side of the Patriots at Bunker Hill. And the Grant family, prior uh, to uh, Jesse, Jesse's existence, dare I say that, <laughs> um, they settled in Pennsylvania, and they eventually probably got on a boat. I would like to think that they got on a boat, right? I think so. That makes sure, sense. Sure, they me. got on a boat and they settled there in Point Pleasant. So Jesse, who is Ulysses' father. Uh, he is a big abolitionist and he's a Whig party supporter and, you know, like a good American should be. And so, uh, whenever he moved to Point Pleasant in around 1820, he ended up working as a tanner in a tannery. He was a foreman there, like Jason mentioned. And, uh, soon he meets his wife, Hannah, and they get married in June of 1821, about 10 months later. So pretty quick turnaround here. Hannah (laughs) gives birth to their first child, who is Ulysses. And of course, you know, they had weird names of weird ways of naming people, at least weird by our standards. Um, At this point, they put a bunch of ballots into a hat and drew them. And his name was pulled out, Hiram Ulysses. However, Jesse always then later just called him Ulysses because, well, he liked that name better. So later on, they moved to Georgetown, Ohio, and uh, there's about five more kids that were born. And uh, when 
U.S. Grant or Ulysses at the time is only about five years old. He starts his education and he's, of course, uh, able to go to what they would have called subscription school and then went later to some different private schools and everything like that. So uh, it starts out with a pretty good education from the get go. And then for any of those people who follow us on social media, they'll, they'll realize that a couple of months ago I visited the Grant birthplace yep. and this was the first time I actually remembered going to it. I only live, it's 28 minutes from my house. And in my adult <laughs> life, I never had gone. It, th this is, and people, I drive them crazy when I say this is crazy, but this really is crazy because this house that he was born in, they actually took it on tour after he died. The house, they deconstructed it, hauled it to Cincinnati. Then it went to Chicago. Then I think it went to Boston and New York, all over the place. Cause Grant was kind of a celebrity after he passed. And this house is very simple, but it's hilarious. I shared this on our Facebook page sometime in the summer and there's this little cradle and then there's a picture of general Grant in his <laughs> face. It's hilarious. I don't know. I just, I get my kicks and googles out of that type of thing. Oh, definitely. So Ulysses ends up being really good with horses. And of course, this may come to help him later on in life. Uh, but one thing he really hates is his father's profession, tanning. And uh, instead, Grant's father, Jesse, ends up making him do lots of other stuff. He has to drive wagons around and transport stuff and transport even people at some times. Uh, but the one thing they didn't force him to do was go to church. And the rest of the brothers and sisters ended up having to go to church, but Ulysses didn't have to, and he never ended up joining any specific denomination. Uh, some people later on would say he was you know, devout and prayed a lot, and other people would say he was agnostic and just kind of didn't know and didn't care really kind of what was going on. So uh, a little bit of an interesting history with Ulysses's Ulysses's. That's weird to say. Yeah. Is that S apostrophe possessive. or is it SS apostrophe yeah. S? I have no idea. Man. With Grant's religion, we're not really sure where he stood on some stuff. But you know what? Right next to his birthplace is a church and it's called Grant Memorial Church yeah. because everything is all about Grant right there. Because Grant is Grant. kind of the biggest thing that ever happened to Point Pleasant, Ohio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No offense to those of you from Point Pleasant who are awesome people, but yeah, you've been outdone. <laughs> So a while later, Jesse writes to their local representative, Representative Hamer, and says, hey, I've got my son here. His name is Ulysses. Sounds like an upstanding person to be admitted into West Point. I mean, with a name like Ulysses, how can you turn him down? And so uh, 1839 rolls around. The representative nominates Grant, who was 16 at the time. And this is uh, an interesting piece of history. He accidentally writes down Ulysses S. Grant, which then just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of like that, Ben, in some ways. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Ben, people call him Dennis. I don't. Yeah. But growing up, people called you Dennis. Yeah, not as much anymore, probably for about the last five years, but... For a period of about, oh man, 15 years, more people called me Dennis than not. That's a big part of your history. It is. So yeah, if you are going to be, so yeah, if you're going to go by the name U.S. or Ulysses S., you're going to get the nickname Sam. And there he is, Uncle Sam, because U.S., mm -hmm. get it? 
waka waka. Uh, those West Point guys, I tell you what, they've got the sense of humor. And um, I mean, I don't know about now. I'm sure they could probably take me. Yeah, they could. Definitely. So <laughs> definitely. Thanks. So he, yeah, he's this proficient horseman and he sets a high jump record. And this record at the Academy lasts for 25 years. So he means business. He can jump with a horse. And he, believe it or not, studies art under Robert Walter Weir. He's got this like a romantic era going about him. Romance as as far as, you know, painting style. And he has some surviving artwork out there. You can say you got a U.S. grant original, I guess, if you own one of those. Anyway, um, I have a feeling the the Smithsonian or some art museum owns all those, but you could steal one. Yeah, man. I wonder if the painting that I painted for Halloween, I was going to go as Bob Ross. Uh huh. I painted something with my three year old's paints and put it on canvas. Wow. It's pretty sharp. It Did might you be worth something someday. I didn't because my nephew uh, was born. Oh, right. Yeah. The day after Halloween. So Halloween was kind of destroyed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my kids still got candy and all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, he wasn't that much of a military guy. He's like, eh, this is, this is an okay place. But uh, he's got several friends. Um, namely, uh, one of them was James Longstreet, you know, the Confederate guy. And uh, he also befriended uh, Captain Charles F. Smith and General Winfield Scott. Uh, they would come and visit the cadets. And Grant was like, there's much to dislike, but more to like. So, you know, he's pretty much 60-40. Yeah, I'm pro being in the military. It's kind of cool. So he graduates 21st in his class, which don't be too impressed because there's 39 students in his class. <laughs> and he gets promoted to the rank of Brevet Second Lieutenant. And he's like, see you academy i'm glad to be out of here i really know how to ride a horse but he gets assigned to the fourth infantry regiment and he serves as a regimental quartermaster and he's managing supplies and equipment and his military service takes him to jefferson barracks in the area now known as st louis which i guess it was known as st louis back then i'm just trying to make it sound old but yeah <laughs> he goes out to missouri and he is visiting the Dent family and he's like, Hey Julia, you look nice. Let's get married. And they get married in 1848. Yeah. And they get married at Julia's home there in St. Louis and Grant, his father is pretty hardcore abolitionist knows that the Dent family owns some slaves and he refuses to go to their wedding and uh, Grant's parents, neither one of them ended up coming. But they had a bunch of different West Point graduates there. And um, Longstreet, who was actually Julia's cousin, was there as well. And uh, they had the wedding nonetheless, even if Grant's parents weren't there. But about a month later, they go back to Bethel, Ohio, where Grant's family is. And of course, they love her. She's their daughter now, etc. So they, uh, they end up having a few children that will... Um, not talk a whole lot about, but there was Frederick, Ulysses Jr., Ellen, or she also went by Nellie, and Jesse. And uh, Grant had been on leave from the military at this point. And after the wedding, he's like, yeah, I probably need another little while longer off. So he gets a two-month extension and decides to go 
back to the military and he's like, I was going to leave. I was going to be done. But now that I have a wife to support and probably some kids pretty soon, I'll just stay in the army. No big deal. Yeah. So his laissez-faire attitude of staying in the military um, takes him to the Mexican-American War. Uh, If you remember, Mexican-American War breaks out because the U.S. decides in 1846, hey, let's annex Texas. That sounds like a great idea. And Grant shows himself to be a competent soldier. And President John Tyler says, hey, Grant's unit, you're going to go to Louisiana and you are going to be a part of the Army of Observation under Zachary Taylor. We all know Zachary Taylor. And in 1846, when Polk ascends to the presidency, he orders Zachary Taylor to march 150 miles south to the Rio Grande. And while the U.S. troops are marching south, Grant encounters combat for the first time at the Battle of Palo Alto. So Grant really wants to serve in a combat role. And when he finally gets the opportunity, he leads a cavalry charge at the Battle of Resaca de la Palma. I'm sure I'm butchering that, but I took French, not Spanish. (laughs) And he really shows himself again to be quite the uh, skilled horseman. And he carries a dispatch past snipers and he's hanging there off the side of a horse, keeping the animal between him and the enemy. And before he gets out of town, he stops at a house that's occupied by wounded Americans. And he's like, Hey guys, I'm going to be back. You're going to get some help. And we all know that rivalry between Polk and Taylor because Polk was, you know, worried that Taylor was eventually going to come and steal his job. He gets, sidetracked a little bit and what ends up happening is the americans go further south into the area around mexico city and grant shows himself to be a very capable military guy and his ability to uh, lead troops and to serve and he was one of winfield scott's rock stars and zachary taylor's rock stars there in the war so He credits later on the fact that he learned a lot of uh, tactics and strategies from Scott and Taylor, and he says that that's how he learned about leadership. So after the war, he and Julia get assigned, or he gets assigned, and Julia goes with him to Detroit. Then after that, he goes to Sackett's Harbor, New York. And then in 1852, he was ordered to the Pacific Northwest, which um, Julia is eight months pregnant, and Ulysses Jr. is on the way. She doesn't end up going with him. Uh, In retrospect, it was probably a good thing because later there was an outbreak of cholera uh, somewhere where um, Grant was in Panama, and there were 150 fatalities all around him. Um, He was able to kind of dodge that sickness and help nurse the sick and everything like that. But uh, still a lot of people around him uh, passed away. So uh, military salaries at the time and still today aren't that much money, especially considering the kind of work you're doing, I guess you could say, especially during this time. And, Grant is, um, you know, he tries to make some extra money because now he's got a family to support. He needs to make sure he can send back money. And he tries his hand at a couple different business ventures. Well, his father always told him he had no head for business. And it turns out he was right. Um, he 
<laughs> failed at those business ventures and um, ended up just continuing to be a part of the military at that point. Yeah. So it was during this time that Grant begins to drink and it begins to have a bit of a hold on him. Actually, one of his superiors, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert C. Buchanan, was like, dude, this guy, he's falling under the influence of too much liquor. He's not able to perform his duties. Uh, he needs to resign. And Grant tells Buchanan that, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do better. But what ends up happening is he doesn't and he is caught drinking more. He's under the influence and Grant resigns. So Buchanan's like, good deal. See you later. The War Department says, hey, nothing stands against this guy's name. He's fine. So it's uncertain because Grant is never going to really fess up to the fact that the reason he resigned was because of his alcohol issue. Um, but yeah, he gets kind of a pass, but he's a war hero. So why yeah. not? So when Grant is 32, he's living in Covington, Kentucky, not too far from you, Jason. Yeah. Like a and, while. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't know what to do as a civilian. And it's a pretty hard time financially for the next seven or so years. And his father at one point offered him a place in uh, one of the branches of his leather business. But the condition was that Julia and all the children had to stay with her parents uh, or with his parents in Kentucky. And Ulysses and Julia were like, no way. We did the separation thing. Okay, sure. Julia didn't get cholera, but still, we're not doing that one again. So they declined the offer. And in 1855, Ulysses starts farming on his brother-in-law's property. And of course, during this time, he is using his brother-in-law's property, which means Julia's father's slaves are there. And so he's using them to do work on the farm. Um, it wasn't terribly successful and didn't earn a whole lot of money. So he ends up selling firewood. And, well, let's just say he didn't do well at that either. Uh, he only earned about 50 bucks a month, which at the time was more than it sounds like now, but still not a whole lot. And uh, he just kind of looked desperate and was desperate in a sense. So they move to Julia's father's farm. They build a house. They call it hard scrabble. And uh, as soon as they build it, Julia's like, yeah, I hate it. Uh, it's gross and unattractive. Uh, so, you know, the panic of 1857 rolls along. We talked about this in excruciating detail a long time ago, um, but it really hits a lot of farmers, including Ulysses S. Grant, pretty hard. And he actually ends up hitting a new low and pawns his watch off to pay for Christmas. Yeah. Hey, Ben, did you know that hard scrabble, like that house? Uh-huh. That's the only house in existence that was built by a president. Really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, I guess. Google it. Yeah, you won't. <laughs> so just to show you about the character of Grant, he does acquire a slave from his father-in-law. And uh, during this time when they are struggling so horribly financially, Grant frees his slave. He's like, no, you go. And that just goes to show you the character that Grant had and um, his uh, distaste and his hatred for slavery. So Grant moves to St. Louis and he takes on a partnership with Julia's cousin. Uh, his name was Harry Boggs. And they're working in real estate and he's a bill collector. And again, he's not doing very good. Julia's like, 
dude, you need to, you need to quit this partnership. So, uh, Grant applies for a position as a county engineer. He's like, I'm pretty well educated. I think I can do this. I'm pretty accomplished. Uh, he gets all kinds of recommendations. And it was assumed that he shared his father-in-law's democratic sentiments. Um, well, such wasn't the case, <laughs> turns out. And in April of 1860, Grant and his family moved north in Illinois and he accepts a position in his father's leather goods business. And this is kind of a humble pie moment for him because he's actually working for his younger brothers, Simpson and Orville. So he pays off his debts and he becomes a fairly reputable citizen uh, of his town. So in the 1856 presidential election, it is time for U.S. Grant to cast his first vote for the presidency and he cast it for James Buchanan, the Democrat. And later he's like, yeah, really? I just didn't want John C. Fremont to win uh, because he's got this position on slavery, which is anti-slavery, but I'm worried that it's going to bring about secession and war and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so Grant is not really an abolitionist, but he certainly doesn't like slavery. Um, you know, he obviously he freed his own slave that he was given and instead of selling him, um, he definitely doesn't like slavery, but he's also not an abolitionist either. And so um, by 1860, Grant is very vocally and openly supporting the Democrat ticket, and he votes for Stephen A. Douglas as opposed to Abraham Lincoln. And he does prefer Lincoln over John C. Breckinridge. So. He couldn't vote because he was in uh, Illinois not long enough. You know, he hadn't met the residency requirements. But, of course, after Lincoln gets elected, the southern states secede, form the Confederacy. And that takes us right up, Jason, to the Civil War, probably U.S. Grant's most famous moments. Yeah. So where we're leaving Grant right now is he had a good military career, but then pretty much we can surmise that he did quit because of his alcohol issue and he's failed after failure, after failure, after failure as a businessman. So what is going to happen to us grant? You can find out in a couple of days. Hey, you know, it's still not too late to get an ugly Christmas sweater t-shirt for your best friend or your mom or your dog. Actually, we don't make dog ones, but all the other kinds we have. And you can get those over <laughs> at electioncollege.com slash Christmas. Yeah. And if you're feeling festive and you'd like to give us a rating and review, and let's face it, if you're still listening right now, you should probably give us a rating. You know, it's only right. And it probably should be a five-star rating. Why not? You can do that by heading over to electioncollege.com slash iTunes or electioncollege.com dot com slash review and you will be ushered into the presence of the itunes interface where you can leave us uh, you know give us about 10 seconds and leave us a good rating we love interacting with you on our social media channels so head on over to twitter facebook and instagram look for election college and you'll find us yeah you can be our virtual best friends or cousins even Ooh, i like the cousins idea better i do too thanks everybody we'll talk to you next time
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.